welcome back to another episode of What the HR, an award-winning podcast. I'm Jesse Novi. And I'm Mike Toole. The What the HR podcast explores how to build people-centric businesses through modern practices and approaches. New episodes are released frequently, so don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. to another episode of What the HR. Today, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is a recognized thought leader in the college-to-career space. She has extensive experience consulting with startups to Fortune 500 firms, and she leverages her expertise to help college students succeed when they graduate. So in today's episode, we talked to Beth about um, a little bit about her new book, The Next Great Step. Um, encourage all of you to, to take a peek and... and um, Check that book out. At the end of the episode, Beth talks about where you can connect with her and where you can find her book. And then we talk about um, how companies can partner with an organization such as Beth's to offer a benefit to help their employees who have uh, kids who are at that stage of their life, whether moving into exploring an internship opportunity or transitioning from that college to professional career space. Um, and we really cover everything in between too, like how companies can um, that don't have internships or young professional positions that are interested in that, how they need to be prepared to be ready to provide a good experience for their interns and their young professionals. We talk about it from the lens of the young professional and things that they're looking for, expectations that they have of employers that they're considering, and also what Beth does to help consult and prep with those young professionals that are in this new season of life. So this is a topic we haven't covered yet on the podcast. So was really excited to have Beth on. I know you're going to enjoy the episode as much as we did. As always, if you're loving our guests and our podcast episodes, do us a huge favor. Please head out to whatever podcast platform you're listening to our episodes on, leave us a rating and review because those rating and reviews make a big difference on how widespread our podcast is and in its in its reach and make sure that our episodes are getting in front of other HR professionals and business leaders who can benefit from our podcast topics and our incredible guests. So as always, thanks for being a listener and enjoy the episode. All right. Well, Beth, welcome to the What the HR podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, I would love for you to share um, a little bit about your your background, your book, um, how you got into this line of work before we jump into our questions here this afternoon. Sure, happy to. So um, I'm Beth Hendler-Grunt, and I am the founder of Next Great Step. And our sole focus is to help college students and recent grads land the first job out of college, or whether it be an internship or their first job. And I'm also the author of The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. I wrote this book because I have spoken with hundreds and hundreds of parents who want to give good advice and help their young adult navigate this transition in life, but often they're not sure how to do it or what to say. Many parents haven't looked for a job in 20 plus years. I am also one of those parents. I have a college student who's a sophomore and a son who's a recent grad. So I am living it with you real time. Can you share with the book specifically at, at what stage with their parent and their young adult should they maybe consider 
buying your book? Is it more like when their child starts going off to college? Is it closer to graduation? Yeah, I think the book is really perfect for when they start college because there's definitely opportunities of what your young adult can do while they're there each year in school. And the more that you can remind them and prompt them, the easier time that they will have as they come closer to graduation and needing that first job. So I think it's a great gift or great something great to acquire as soon as they head off to college because there's absolutely opportunities to start doing small things to think about how to plan that for that career when they graduate. So it's a very interesting business that you're in. I'm really curious how how you landed in it. So I'm not a career coach by trade. I actually started my career in the high tech sector. I actually had an internship in college that led me into to a job. So I started my career actually at AT&T and uh, moved into different technology companies from there for about 15 years and had a wonderful career in sales and sales leadership. And uh, and then I had the opportunity to work with a boutique consulting firm that did strategic planning and sales performance for uh, CEOs and their executive teams. And it was in that experience that I had the opportunity to meet with many leaders who would often say, you know, I'd love to hire someone right out of college, but I'm not going to because they don't understand the scope of the problems that I'm facing and I don't have time to babysit and hold their hand. So I'm going to pass. And I also evolved and I'm of the age or became of the age where lots of friends said, I don't understand. My kid went to a great school. They have great grades. They cannot get a job. And the idea actually was brought to me saying, you know, what if the same thing that you teach CEOs, what if you simplify that for young adults where you teach them how to have a strategy, how to articulate their value, and really how to compete in the market? And I literally gathered my friend's kids in my basement of my house and tested the idea And they were overwhelmingly responsive saying, this is great. We're not getting this. This is something that I need to figure out not only what my path is, but how to go to pursue it. And that's how I launched Next Great Step. I imagine that it's, I mean, it's kind of designed for those college kids going into intern programs, but I would imagine a lot of people can benefit from some of the the skills that they might learn within the book. I mean, I think about just the first few interviews when you get out of college and, and small things like that. But some people never acquire those skills. Is it, can it be applied to a broader base of audience? It of course can be applied to a broader base of audience. I often get that at times. Parents will say, can you coach me? Yeah. Um, but I, as, as, as I advise my clients, I try to stay really focused on the niche that I'm supporting. So it's really the demographic of ages, you know, 19 to 29. But I am speaking with their parents to help solve a problem for them to help you know get them launched and hopefully off the payroll. Yeah, I think that's great. That was a great question, Mike. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the the benefit that you offer employers. You know, given that we know that our predominant listening audience is folks in HR, we always want to make sure we're relating it back to our listeners. So um, let's start there, if you could, Beth, on just how um, employers that are maybe looking at bringing on interns or um, maybe have employees that have young adults at home and what kind of offering um, your service might be helpful to them for. Yeah, absolutely. So we have worked with companies in a number of ways. So first off, 
Um, we're big fans of interns and internships. But what we see often is sometimes a company will say, great, let's bring on a class of interns in our organization. But sometimes it's not always thought through exactly about where are you going to deploy them? How are you going to utilize them? And the reality is that they still need some training on learning how to navigate the workplace, how to network, how to you know assess whether they're going to potentially be the right candidate for a future full-time hire. So we work with companies to, in essence, do some training programs with the internship class and teaching the interns, how do you have clarity? First of all, how do you be successful in the internship, track what you're doing, tracking your accomplishments. How do you manage your manager? Uh, some really important skills that some very, you know, our young adults don't always know. They're not always taught this, um, but also for themselves. How do you get clarity on the skills that you have or the ones that you're acquiring? And how would you then share with any other employers or your manager at the end of the internship, you know, what you've learned and how you can add value? So something that, you know, we're really proud that we've done some work uh, with a number of firms really to kind of improve the quality almost of their interns, even while they're on the job and making them more aware about how these this group of individuals can really add more value to the business as a whole. The other way that we've worked with companies is through benefits. You know, we're finding obviously even in a competitive job market, you still want to hang on to the people that you have that you know have the talent and skill that you want. And employees are always looking to see, well, what can you offer me beyond salary, beyond you know, the title? And it's often through benefits, there's really unique benefits. And one of the things that we've discussed with many HR leaders is using our services and webinars in our book as a supplementary benefit. So if you have an employee who's maybe in their late 40s, early 50s, they have a kid in college or someone who just graduated and they're trying to figure out how can I make sure that I'm giving the right advice to my kids to help them launch and be successful, organizations are realizing that they need to support this population. And they do that through bringing us in to provide webinars, access to our book, access to our services, um, you know, to a, on a larger scale. And that's something that we've been able to support organizations with because it's almost like the it's like an unspoken problem sometimes. You know, people are so quick to say, oh, my kid got into this college and is going there, but no one's really bragging when your kid's still living in the basement and you still have to support <laughs> them and you're putting your own, you know, retirement on hold. But it's still a it's it's a big issue for a lot of families, even now with the way the economy is and how difficult and expensive it is to go live independently. So you know, our goal is to really be a, a resource for organizations to really support their employees in it and in, 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 as a benefit. So I have a few questions to follow up that. Um, first, is is the target? I don't like saying target market. I don't like just the sound of that. But is is your customer the parent, or is it the the intern? That's a great question. So <laughs> it took me some years actually to figure this out. Yeah. The people who I want to speak to, the people who I advertise to, the people who I really deliver my message to are the parents. Yeah. Because they're the ones who are going to make the decision about investing in a program. The same way they were the same ones who decided, you know what, I think they need SAT or ACT help or they need a college counselor. So these are the same people that are usually footing the bill just to maintain and keep their kids in their house. And 
they tend to be, look, usually there tends to be like a breaking point. Either a parent says, hey, we got to do something. We've got to change. Or they see their kids struggling to say, I've tried. I've applied online. I've tried to do all these things. And now they're like demoralized where they start to become really upset or maybe depressed. They're not clinically depressed. They're just, it's a depressing situation. And as a family, they determine like something needs to happen. So majority of our first phone calls happen with a parent, but we don't take anyone on unless we speak with their student, their child, because ultimately they have to want it. doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how much mom or dad or me, if we all think it's good for them, they have to decide, you know what? I've done everything I thought I was supposed to do. I've hit my breaking point. I'm ready for help and I'm ready to be open to hearing what that looks like. Yeah. So it's kind of a train the trainers almost type of situation. I think of for, for companies that would work with you then, I mean, what a great offering to be able to provide like a webinar or some sort of workshop that can explain. And and obviously it's, it's optional, but what a cool benefit to offer to your employees who may be in that situation. Um, the other question I had was you, you mentioned that there's so much value around internships. And I'm curious through all of your work if you've you've found kind of specifically what that value looks like. And I don't know if it can be quantified or if we can just discuss it, but um what have you seen with companies that do hire more interns or have an intern program versus those that don't? So it's really interesting. I had the opportunity to speak with the head of recruiting for a pretty large investment bank. And in the investment banking world, in the finance world, they are looking for their interns starting at the beginning of sophomore year. So they barely finished being a freshman. And now they're recruiting them almost 18 months ahead for like the, the junior year summer internship because it is that critical to the pipeline of how they build their incoming uh, associates for when they graduate. And and over 80% of that internship class is hired, at least given an offer full-time, which is very, very high. So definitely internships in those types of environments um, tend to be very competitive. But I think it's a fantastic way for a company to build a bench and to see the talent that's out there. It's also a really great way to, to mold them and teach them the way you want things done as opposed to someone else coming in. Now, of course, the challenge with that is you need to put some resource behind that. You cannot right. just bring in a group of interns and say, okay, here you go and wipe your hands and, and cross your fingers and hope they know what to do. I mean, there needs mentorship. There needs to be somebody in charge. Um, the people who they're reporting to have to understand the expectations and you know that's a big piece of that, something that we also sometimes offer guidance on of how can you successfully onboard an intern or onboard a, a new employee so they can be successful as opposed to, you know, don't have them do the, I mean, of course, there's always some menial things that you want, but you could get a lot more value if you spend a little bit of time to teach and train them or put them and match them with other associates who can do some of that as well. I think there's tremendous value to seeing who's in front of you because right who you know let's just talk about general hr we when who wants to put a job ad out and have hundreds of resumes to sift through wouldn't you like to know somebody that's vetted you trust it's referred that you have exposure to of course that's so much easier saves you time saves you money and you know this is someone that's familiar with your company so i think there's a win win on on both sides there yeah i'm i'm curious 
what is your, and if there, if your answer changes for interns versus young adults moving into a permanent position, I would love for you to highlight if there are some differences, but as employers are thinking about whether or not they can, they're ready to take on an intern or even um, an employer's saying, you know, hey, we have an appetite to bring on more young professionals into the organization. What are these students and recent grads expecting of their employers? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges is that I think there's a big mismatch <laughs> between expectations and reality. So there's mm-hmm. statistics out there that say a certain percent of students think they have the skill set that's needed. And employers will tell you on a larger percentage, say, I don't think so. I don't think they have the skill set. So how do we bridge that? How do we make sure that they're delivering the skills and companies need and, and vice versa? I think, Also, I think a lot of our young adults don't realize what's needed to be the one selected to get a job. You know, I'll say my older son has said to me, he's like, you know, it's not my fault that you put this device in my hand. And this is how I was brought up of learning how to communicate. (laughs) Now, he knows better because I taught him better. You know, so when you have people, I'll say, who are my demographic, my age group, uh, who are doing the hiring you know, we want you to pick up the phone. We want you to send me a well-crafted email. I don't necessarily want you to text me saying that you want to come work for me. You know, we're not at that place yet. And, but we have these young adults that are not, haven't had the practice. And then you put like COVID on top of that, where they've been remote for three years. You know, they haven't had the practice of looking somebody eye and then shaking the hand and just the, the dialogue and that comfort in the conversation. So I think a lot of young adults think, well, if I just apply online and it's just a numbers game that more is better and that at some point the algorithm will figure it out and that's how I get found. And as you know, as HR professionals, and I know that is not as simple as it sounds. They don't Mm -hmm. realize that, that you have to form a relationship with someone. You have to articulate the value that you can bring. It's it's not just, you know, it's not like having the perfect resume. They think, oh, I'm just going to have, I'm going to load it up with right, all the right keywords. You know, they're trying to work the algorithm. And as I say to them, people hire people, not an algorithm, not a tracking system. It's not about beating the system. It's circumventing it and finding someone who's either a fellow alum or someone who's, you know, another person that you've met as an entry-level role that can just explain to you about the job, you can explain your skills, and then get you connected to the person who's hiring with an introduction. And I think that's the part they don't really fully understand. I mean, and I have like some really smart kids. I mean, why we, we support everyone, every major, every school, every discipline. But it's like, I get these kids even coming out of like Ivy League schools. And I'm wondering like, why are you coming to us? And it's, it's uh, really fascinating that they just don't always understand it. Doesn't matter what your grades were. Yeah. What I love about it is that I feel like in HR, especially the last five, six, seven years, everything's about HR being agile and dynamic and constantly changing to everybody else out there. And you're saying that, you know what, maybe the candidate has to change a little bit and put down the phone and learn a few like personal skills. Um, because it's, I think it's still important to a lot of people that those skills exist. And what I've seen within these, within the space is that it seems like all the companies have to adopt, right? It's up to them to be able to kind of change what they're doing and cater to every single person. But what you're doing is allowing these kids to stand out from the crowd 
um, and possess some skills that maybe they didn't acquire. And it also makes me question my parenting because I don't think my, <laughs> my kids are on devices all the time. Uh, and it's probably time to even start thinking about things like that. Do you, would you say what with those candidates, or I shouldn't say candidates, with the college students, outside of like maybe the soft people skills, what are some other skills that they seem to lack that your program helps them with? So I think, you know, this is so widespread. I think one of the biggest things that most students lack is confidence, which is just like kind of like sad in a way because they have so much going for them. They do. They're just very afraid. They're very fragile. They're like, well, what if I write an email and they don't respond? I'm like, so what? You know, what if I call and I say the wrong thing? I'm like, it's okay. I think, you know, I I don't know if they just think that everything has to be so perfect or they're just so worried because they're just not practiced. Um, but I obviously, you know, there's mental health issues is a big issue just for society in general and especially for our young adult population. But they really lack the confidence and they shouldn't because they're they're outstanding. They have such amazing things to offer. They just need some guidance on how to frame it and how to say it on practicing right. doing it. Again, that's you know what we help them do. On that note, Beth, you know, when we're thinking about onboarding programs that employers have, and I'll target this question specifically to young adults moving into full-time permanent positions, not internships. Do you think that there's something that employers could be doing to help build that confidence out of the gate as part of that onboarding program? Yeah, I think there's some things that um, they can do. You know, it's interesting. One of the <laughs> interesting comments that a lot of young adults will say to me, they're like, I really want a job, but I don't want to, I don't want to be behind a desk. Like this almost this feeling that they're trapped you know, and I say to them, well, at some point you might really like what you're doing and you might sit down and there might be a desk in front of you. Um, but it's more of that they are afraid of this feeling of I have to be doing this for the next five to 10 years or just they're afraid of being unhappy. And I and they want to just feel that they have um, some opportunity to learn that they want to have a manager who will give them direction, because I think sometimes things are very big and they're not clear and they want to know what to do or what's expected. So I think just really clear expectations is really helpful for them. Um, they don't necessarily want to be micromanaged, <laughs> but they want the opportunity to learn and grow and they need some feedback. I think one of the things that we end up encouraging, we do on the job training uh, for young adults as well, is like, how do you manage your manager? Or how do you set time with your manager if they're too busy to make sure that you know how you're doing or you're sharing your accomplishments and they're giving you feedback as to, yes, you're on the right track or, hey, let's make sure you're doing some of this or asking for things because it doesn't end just because you've got the job and you're in it. I think you still need to verbalize, hey, this is what I've accomplished. Is, is this still meeting your expectation? And I think they just need to know that somebody is able to give them that feedback, give them that time. And I know it's tough. We're all in those directions. I mean, all, you know, in every business, even on my own, I have an intern working for me right now as well. And I said to her, I said, you have to be persistent. Like, if I don't respond, email me again, call me again. And you can even, and we're on a, I'm like, now you can text me again, but don't be afraid to be um, if you've tried different ways and you're not sure, then reach out. Don't sit idly by and then wait for you know something to magically happen. I'm, I'm curious 
for some people listening, they may be in a spot within their company that they've been thinking about having an internship program. And I'm wondering if that's an area that you've assisted companies with, with building those out or any recommendations you may have for, for those listening. Yeah. So we have done work with companies once they decide they have an internship program in place and we'll work with their um, interns in terms of, like, as I said, out how to be successful on the job, how they could potentially be successful in networking within the company, how to leverage mm-hmm. their skills, learn new skills, and make sure they can communicate that effectively to those around them, including their managers. But I think if a company is going to say, we want an internship program, just think about what's your goal. What is your objective with doing that? Is it that, hey, we have some busy work and I just need somebody to take care of it at a low cost? Okay, (laughs) that could be. But think about also the type of person you want and really like think further ahead. How do you measure success for an intern? And then ultimately, what would that look like if you really wanted to start putting people into a role as an entry level role? Think about some of those criteria to build as you know a baseline for some of the interns because these are the people that could eventually you know join you. But I guess I would just say don't do it haphazard. Try to have some type of plan in place. Um, we also help with that as well. But really, just think through what is your objective and what would you like to accomplish and the and the work that you need to get done. So you're also really clear about the skill set that you need and the you know talents they have or majors or whatever it might be um, to to help you in your business. Yeah, it's not as easy as just deciding to hire interns, right? So right. there sounds like there's a lot of infrastructure that may be in place. And that's what I was wondering if there was any tips or tricks around kind of setting that up. Um, but I think you answered it with that. You also, within that answer, you you mentioned the networking piece, uh, which I imagine is is tough for a lot of younger kids. And is that a big part of of what you do with them in terms of training? It is. It is a very big part of, of what we do because clearly their other methods have not, not, have not worked. And mm-hmm. kind of there's two there's two key components. One is clarity on their own skills. And you'll hear a lot about that too. Even there's been posts, you know, how more companies are doing skills-based hiring versus just the right. specific, you know, major or specialty. And we really make sure that they have clarity on like, what are your skills? not saying I'm hardworking or I'm responsible. It's like, I'm analytical. I'm a writer. I'm a, I know how to research. Mm -hmm. And then what's the story behind that? So if someone barely gives you, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes and they're not really looking at your resume and you have a very short period of time to explain yourself as to how you're analytical or how you've demonstrated that skill, we make sure that they have clarity on that story. Then now that you know how to talk about yourself, then we want to make sure you have those conversations with people who are interested in hearing about it. So let's make sure you're targeting people who are doing the job that you want. One of my favorite ways to target when you're about to network is go to LinkedIn and look for alumni from the same school who are five to seven years out. Don't always aim. You can always talk to people at a high level. Talk to someone who's doing an entry-level job because they're going to give you the most insight of what it takes to get there. And then you're asking them for a 20 minute conversation. We teach a very um, systematic kind of structured approach about how you have a networking conversation because we want you to be able to yield the most you can from that short period of time. 
So it's a, a concept that I teach is called the three A's and the A's are this. The first A is actions. If everything goes amazing, what's the one action that you want this person to do at the end of the conversation? Mm-hmm. And in order for them to take an action, what attitude do you want them to have about you? What do you want them to believe about you that they don't know now or don't believe about you right now? And the last A is answers. What answers do you need to make a better decision about whether this is even an opportunity that you want to pursue? Mm-hmm. And that's how you plan for the meeting. And when you come to the meeting, you flip it. You get your answers first. You ask questions to understand and gain answers. You convince them of the attitudes about you. You tell them about your skills and where you've demonstrated them. And then if they agree that you have the right skills, you ask them to take an action. Will you mm-hmm. introduce me to the head of HR? Can you come in and shadow? Can I speak to someone else who's doing this role? And when you have this structure and plan for a networking conversation, not only does the recipient love it because they don't have to, they don't have to work hard and it shows that you're prepared. It shows that you're researched, you know exactly what you're going to say and how you're, it just, it's an impressive thing. It's actually a sales technique. It's, you're just selling yourself as the product um, and it works. So, you know, we're giving them these tools that actually yield results when it comes to networking. Well, yeah, finding a job is a lot. I think everybody should take some sort of sales training just in college, simply for the fact of finding a role afterwards, because it is it is hunting for your next opportunity for sure. Yeah. Beth, you talked about skills, but I'm also pretty confident that you have a lot of new grads that come to you with maybe a relatively generic degree, like we'll just use business as an example. And they're trying to figure out what what do I want to do with this degree? And I think also in addition to the coaching that you do around skills, it's also very appealing to an employer when you're interviewing and they ask you like, what's exciting to you? Why did you interview? Why did you apply for this job? Why are you interested in finance or HR sales, whatever the case be, that they can articulate that well, especially for students that you know, maybe haven't had a lot of internship experience to lean on. Um, so what what kind of coaching do you do you give them in that regard? So in terms of the kinds of coaching about how to explain your skills or how to, I'm sorry, can you just clarify the yeah. one question? Yeah, how to articulate the why they're interested in a specific position. We'll just use finance for sake of conversation for maybe a student who didn't have an internship in finance, but thinks that that's the route that they want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great question. So it's interesting. This whole idea is about connecting the dots. How do you explain to someone when you've, same thing, you've had certain coursework, maybe you haven't had a lot of internships, but you want to move into that role. What do you need to do to say, I want to, even if I'm an English major and I want to be in a finance job or whatever it is, how do I get from one place to the next? And there's so many opportunities that take place in the university setting, and you can use your coursework. It's completely appropriate to say during a class when I worked on a project and we, you know, whether it's teamwork or I demonstrated leadership or I worked on my capstone and we had to analyze data. I think that's you know completely up for grabs in terms of opportunities to use and to explain how you have a certain skill set. The other thing to use is obviously any part-time jobs, and it doesn't have to be a fancy internship, whether you delivered pizza or scooped ice cream, uh, you were a camp counselor, 
looking at what are those skills that you've utilized in those experiences and how do you connect the dots? So if this organization, you know, needs someone who's great at adaptability or be able to handle multiple projects at once. You can talk about whether it was I had to work on, you know, work with you know multiple customers at the same time where I had to manage 20 kids and we had to get from point A to point B. And here's how I did it. I think it's just being having a clear example of how you've done it and and also showing your understanding of the company. I understand this is a priority for you. And I think that my skills of analytics and writing can really help you in accomplishing your goals. And I think the more that a candidate can also put themselves in the shoes of the employer, it really helps to solidify an employer saying, wow, this person not only has clarity about themselves, I know it may not be the exact thing, but they know what we're about and how their skills relate. And that is usually what enable someone to stand out and really show why someone should hire that over, you know, someone else. Yeah. Great example. So turning it back to the employer, um, what are some things that employers can be doing to attract the right kind of entry-level grads for, you know, entry-level, I guess, simplest terms, entry-level positions that they have available? One of the best things to do is just to make themselves known. You know, obviously things have changed a lot in the campus environment, but if there's opportunity to come on campus, to do an information session, to also communicate with professors who are the experts in that area. So if it's the School of Communications or the business school, get to know some of those faculty because these same faculty know a lot of these students who are looking for for these opportunities. I think some of the challenge is that sometimes what I see with kids is that, you know, they hear the same names, right? They hear Amazon and Wayfair and Meta and Google. And I'm like, there are thousands and thousands of other companies that you've never heard of that you could have an incredible experience with. So let's open that up. And I we teach them the research process. Like, what are the trade journals in the area that you want to pursue? What's happening in the news? Maybe you don't want to go work for the company that just went bankrupt that you thought was amazing, but now you learn that that's not a place to go. But I think the more companies can make themselves known or say that, you know, I'm open to giving information to any kind of candidate who wants to learn about it. We have an internship program or we're going to do a webinar so you can learn about what we have to offer. I think it's just more of education back to either the universities and, and students as a whole, because they don't know what exists. They don't know what they don't know. So they need to make themselves, you know, more visible. Is that what you found through your work is that a lot of the kids coming out of college tend to go apply it, you know, the big names. And then they're like, oh, if I didn't, you know, if they don't get it, then they kind of just sit dormant and, and versus kind of going a few layers deep and finding some of these other companies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do see that. I do. Sometimes they're just, but you know, they're just like off of the, the big names that they hear like, Oh, I, I heard so-and-so went to go work for Deloitte. I should go to work for Deloitte too. So sometimes there's a lot of that, like follow the pack or this is what mm -hmm. my friend did, or this is what so-and-so did, uh, or my parents did that. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but they need to understand. I mean, the, the level of, sorry, the level of competition the number one way that you're going to learn about a job or an industry or a new opportunity is by having a networking conversation with somebody who works there. So there's yeah. no amount of searching on Google that'll ultimately tell you, you got to talk to someone who's there and, and that's how you figure it out. 
Well, Beth, thank you so much for being a guest today. We would love to have um, our guests be able to, I'm sorry, our listeners be able to get in touch with you. So can you share where they can find your book, if you're on LinkedIn, any other social media platforms? Absolutely. So we're everywhere. Um, Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, Beth Hendler-Grun, but you can learn more about us and our services at Next greatstep.com. You can click the let's talk button in the upper right-hand corner and be happy to have a complimentary conversation with anyone who wants to learn about our services for their children or for their business. Um, You can also get the book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. It's on Amazon and everywhere that books are sold. Awesome. Well, Beth, yeah, thanks again. This has been a very interesting topic and one that we haven't shared with our audience. So much appreciated. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.